49ers training camp is in full swing as it has officially begun and on this week's episode of the 49er way podcast myself and zach will preview the offense for the 49ers heading into the 2021 season we will break down the quarterback position all the way down to the offensive line talk about some guys to look forward to and look out for in training camp and preseason ahead of the 2021 season and of course don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on instagram and twitter for more 49ers news and analysis Training camp is officially underway, and on this episode, we will break down the offense of the 49ers heading into the 2021 season. Jay Sahota, Zach Chevy, back at it. Training camp started. Zach, how we feeling? I'm uh, feeling good. You know, it's one step closer to the season, so I can't wait. Yeah, no, nah, for real. I, I mean... I can't wait for this. I'm excited. A lot of good things happening so far. Um, just seeing everyone back. It's um, it's going to be a good thing, man. What are some things you're looking forward to so far? Uh, you know, it's always exciting to watch the quarterback comp uh, with uh, Jimmy and Trey. Uh, there's some uh, good news that came out there. I'm excited to see how the running backs do. You know, excited to see uh, the wide receiver competition, especially for the wide receiver three. And uh, a lot of that, looking at the offense, is just to see how uh, they do in training camp and uh, who looks like the favorites for uh, certain position battles. Yeah, no, definitely. So for this week, we're going to talk more about the offense. And then next week, we'll go more defense heavy and break down the position battles there. And I guess we'll start with the quarterback. And I think this has been one of my pet peeves really since we draft. Well, since the trade happened for the third pick and then obviously getting Trey Lance. The narrative that the media is kind of going into training camp for the Niners is, oh, there's a quarterback battle. There's a quarterback competition, and it's good for Garoppolo. And it's Trey Lance. It's like, just just cut the BS. Jimmy's our starter. Trey Lance is our backup. And that's kind of how it is until Trey. I think the only way a competition will happen is if Trey Lance just goes on a tear within these next few weeks, has an incredible preseason outing, then I think we'll start to have a conversation. But until then, I've heard a lot of good things about the way Jimmy's been looking so far. I've heard a lot of good things about how Lance has looked so far too. Um, but the one thing I'll look at this quarterback room, which has been so much different than the, really the rest of the four years that Shanahan has been here, has been this offseason has been about improving the quarterback room and not just the backup, but the whole room. And I think having Jimmy, and we know what he can do with his you know, credibility being behind Brady coming in, having the record that he has leading us to a Super Bowl. So we know what we have in him. Trey Lance, incredible talent and athlete. Sky's the limit for this kid. We traded up to get him. Then you have Nate Sudfeld, who was the backup in Philly when they won the Super Bowl. So he's got some experience in him. And then you got Josh Rosen, who is a first round pick. I know he's had some terrible luck since he's been here, but you, you look at the depth that we have a quarterback, and I think this is the best depth that we've had at this position since Kyle Shanahan took over. Yeah, you, you talk about the depth, and that's the first thing I notice. You know, uh, I think uh, with the quarterback competition, uh, I think Shanahan recently said that Jimmy Garoppolo is their starter. He's confirmed it. He said, I don't want to hear anything about that QB competition. This is Jimmy's job, you know bearing any big injuries or anything I think Jimmy will start week one and that's what we all expected you know that that oh is it gonna be Jimmy is it gonna be Trey stuff you know it's just foolish talk Jimmy's our starter he's our guy he's the guy that the offense has been rolling with and you know that's exactly what I want I don't want Trey starting right away I need Trey you know to sit on the bench you know learn the game from the sideline do something like Mahomes did uh, with Alex Smith but yeah, you talk about the quarterback room, you talk about the quarterback depth. This is the first season in the last while that I feel comfortable going in the season because we know that Jimmy's had his injuries, but we have two legitimate starting quarterbacks in that room. And, you know, the guys behind them, they're experienced guys as well. Josh Rosen, of course, hasn't had the best path to success, you know, uh, 
looking like a bust in Arizona and being bounced around in a couple teams, but he's got some experience. He knows how to deal with the pressure of being a first-round quarterback, something that he can talk to with Trey Lance because Trey Lance was the third overall pick, and that comes with a lot of pressure. So, you know, having him in that room is going to really help Trey Lance and the rest of the quarterbacks. And, yeah, Nate Sudfield has won a Super Bowl, as, maybe as a backup, but he has that experience, that playoff experience. So improving that room was really a big key in the offseason for the Niners and Shanahan and Lynch, and I really think they did a great job. Uh, you know, the only thing that uh, I've seen is – uh, Shanahan was still salty about not getting Stafford. He's, it seemed like Stafford was Shanahan's guy going into the offseason. And uh, when the Rams made the trade for him, apparently the Niners wanted to counter but didn't have time to counter. And in the end, it may be a good thing because Trey Lance looks like a beast and could be the future quarterback for us for a lot, while now. Yeah, I think you hit it on the, you know, you were on the money with that is, you know, you don't know how much longer Stafford's going to be around, maybe three, four years, but Lance could be around for 10, 15. So that is the difference there. And of course, you you never know what's going to happen, but I do think the Niners will live. And, I, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I, like I said, I'm going to be talking about this all the way up until November. It just makes that Rams Niners first meeting so much more enticing, knowing that Shanahan wanted Stafford, but then the Rams got him, and now we got to face him twice a year, and so on and so forth. But obviously, you know, when you talk about the quarterback position, and obviously the last three, well, really four years, we've seen backups play multiple games for the exception of 2019. I do not want to see Nate Sudfeld or Josh Rosen on the football field whatsoever after September 1st. I had August. Get all the goddamn reps you want. I just do not want to see. It. I think Shanahan would probably just off himself if if that had to happen. I think he's so sick and tired of having backups play. But that's why we drafted up to get Trey Lance, obviously being the starter in the future. But for this season, I think it's more of we have an insurance policy that will help us just in case if Jimmy doesn't go down and if he doesn't, then we know what we're getting out of Jimmy Garoppolo. So they have a perfect plan going into the season and circling back to Jimmy. I don't know what guy walked through this door, but this isn't Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a version I love, a much better version of Jimmy Garoppolo than I love. This guy's like friggin' tossing swear words in interviews, and he's just coming in with a different swagger. I love it. I love this version of Jimmy. The guy seems like he just he's in this mode to win. And I'm excited for it. And I, I can't wait to see what Jimmy Garoppolo can do this year. And I, I am confident that he can stay on the field. Yeah, you know, Jimmy looks like a winner this year. Like, he, he's been a winner in the past. You know, that that's Jimmy's MO. But this year, you know, he's bulked up a bit, you know, because he has that competition with Lance. Uh, there's a picture that the Niners post, or that Trey Lance posted, of, like, Lance pointing to Jimmy and Jimmy pointing to Lance. And it, I think they're building that relationship, and it's really feeding each other. And that's exactly what you want to see as Niners fan. You want to see Jimmy fired up. You want to see Jimmy ready for the season. And, you know, I, I'm just very excited to see what the quarterbacks can do. No question. And I think this is something when we get closer to preseason and kind of just seeing how Trey Lance does in his first few reps in preseason. But the thing that I'm most excited for is the fact that Trey Lance can give you another dimension, even if he's not starting this season. Like, I start to think yep. about all the possibilities, and I'm like, well, if you got Jimmy at the helm and you have all of these amazing talented targets and weapons on this field you have an incredible offensive line you got Kyle Juszczyk who could do so many things you got Jalen Hurd if he's healthy he can do so many things you got Ayuk Debo right our, our receiver when George Kittle at tight ends Sanu's looking ripped and you got all these different guys in a row you got Raheem and Sermon and I'm just thinking man if you can just give Trey Lance a small package defenses aren't going to know what the hell to do because there are so many different things that you're going to have to prepare for. This is, this is the offense that Kyle Shannon, I think has envisioned for years to have this many 
weapons at his disposal. And when I just think about it and I'm like, I know people are excited to see Trey Lance be the starter. Man, I'm excited to just see what can happen by having one quarterback who's a pocket passer and another one that poses a mobile threat who can run and pass. I mean, I just think about the possibilities that Kyle Shanahan can do. And if Trey Lance can get further along in this next month or so before September, I mean, look out. Yeah, Lance is just so dynamic. You know, he can run the ball. He can throw the ball. He can go for that quick QB sneak up the middle. He could uh, do an option with Sermon or Moster. And, and, you know, on those, uh, I I agree with you. I'd love to see him have a little package. And I'm sure he's going to get a little package. You know, maybe we'll see some third and ones, some fourth and ones. You can even see him for like a wild card play. Maybe Jimmy lines up as a wide receiver to confuse some people. What's going on there? Trey Lance throws to Jimmy. (laughs) That'd be hilarious. But yeah, you know, (laughs) but I I think in general, you know, it's going to be fun to watch Lance, especially uh, in preseason to see what he can do, because I don't think Jimmy's going to play much of the preseason. You don't want to risk any injuries and you want to see what Trey can do. You know, it's going to be fun watching Rosen and Sudfield in the preseason, but Trey Lance is the guy that everyone has their eyes on in the preseason. I'm excited to see the just the different ways he can work with his legs and his arm. Absolutely. That's really the no, number one reason I'm excited for preseason is because of Trey Lance. I could care less to see anyone else just to see what the hype is about and what he can do. Obviously, I'm going to I'm going to set the expectation pretty low. It's the first preseason game. You know, he hasn't played football in a full game in a really long time either but yeah no heck no I, don't, I think Jimmy should play at least at the minimum of like one possession maybe the second game against the Chargers and that's it I think Shanahan with three preseason games will be very conscious I can't see Trent Williams getting any preseason reps Alex Mack maybe a possession but that's it you already know what we're getting out of him Kittle you know well as we get into preseason we'll talk more about that but a lot of these starters that we already know a lot about I can't see them risking. And as for Jimmy playing receiver in that regard, unless it's one of those Saints plays where where they did Taysom Hill, the quarterback, and Drew Brees, the receiver, and he was just a decoy and just stood there. Yeah, I'm that's fine what I was that. thinking. I'm fine <laughs> with that. But if I see Jimmy take more than one step and do like a, a post or something, I'm like, oh my God, heck no, man. I don't need him burning out his other knee, man. Oh my God, absolutely not. But I, I, I know where you're going with that. And absolutely, that's that's what I'm excited about. And I think preseason will start to get a little bit of a feeling as to how far along Trey Lance gets in these three preseason games. But I'm excited. The quarterback room, I'm excited. I'm really excited for Jimmy. I hope this is a big year for him. I really think it is. I mean, if people don't know, people say, oh, he's injury prone. But I'm like, listen, I'm not into the whole psychology and voodoo stuff here. But Jimmy only gets hurt every other year. And it is an odd number year. <laughs> So I'll take my chances with Jimmy Garoppolo playing 17 games this year. But obviously, I still, like I've said when the schedule came out, I would prefer Jimmy to play 16 and get Trey Lance playing a 17th game. But we got all season to talk about that. Moving down the line to the running back position, this is where things get interesting. We obviously know about the injury to Jeff Wilson. And we talked about it last week. You got Raheem Sermon, who they picked in the third round. Wayne Gallman, who they picked up from the Giants. Elijah Mitchell, who was a late rounder. And then there's Jermichael Hasty, who obviously got some playing time last year, had some ups and downs. What are you kind of looking for in the preseason and training camp from the running backs? Yeah, you know, in the preseason, I think kind of like, uh, as you said, Jimmy and Kittle, they're not going to get the reps and stuff. I don't know if Mostert's going to get the same reps in the preseason, just because you know what you have in Mostert. And, yep. you know, he has been injured before and stuff like that. So I really don't think you're going to see him much in the preseason. But just like, uh, as we've said, we're excited to see Trey. I'm excited to see the other Trey, Trey Sermon. Now I'm excited to see what he can do. It's not very often you see Shanahan and the Niners spend a third-round pick on a running back. And, uh, you know, to spend that third-round pick on Trey Sermon, you must really think he could be dynamic in that offense. You know, he's very shifty. He has some speed, but he, he gets to the outside, which is – exactly what Shanahan does in his run game and and he always gets the outside 
Uh, I'm excited to see what Elijah Mitchell can do because Elijah Mitchell is kind of like that Jeff Wilson kind of guy, that speed back. And I think with Jeff Wilson out, you, you're going to see a bit more of Elijah Mitchell than maybe first thought. Uh, so I'm excited to see what they're going to do, especially in uh, preseason. I think you could see a bit of Wayne Gallman in the preseason, but like most are uh, Gallman's experience. So I don't know how much they're going to lean on him in the preseason because uh, you kind of know what you're getting out of Gallman, even if it's not in the same offense as it's been. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to see Jermichael Hasty as well. You know, you've seen him in a couple of games last year when all of our running backs were injured, like usual. So. Kyle Shanahan never uses one running back. Kyle Shanahan always uses a bunch of different running backs. So you're going to have to see what all these running backs can do in your offense. And I'm just really excited because we know Kyle Shanahan. He's one of the best run game coordinators in the league. He always knows where to get the defense and how to attack them with that West Coast offense. So I'm really excited to see these rookie running backs in these second years in Hasty's case. Yeah, no doubt. And and I think we've seen this, obviously, this is year five of the Shanahan era that we've seen. It has not been, you know, like we're, we've been accustomed to over the past decade with Frank Gore, where it's just we're pounding the rock with him 20 times. This is more of a trio of guys or sometimes two guys or one guy. It's a running back by committee, but not necessarily in a game, but necessarily kind of more week to week, right? Like we saw in 2019, it was Raheem. We, we'd pound the rock with him like, you know, 15, 20 times. One week we're giving it to Brita and he's running for 100. And then Coleman was running for 100 next week. It was a new guy each and every week. That's what makes this really interesting because obviously Jeff Wilson goes down with the injury, which opens things up. Because like you mentioned, we know about Raheem. We know what he can give us. I could see him again, similar to some of the other starters, maybe coming in for like a possession and that's it. Right, You want to keep him fresh and healthy. But I'm very intrigued to see what the rest of these guys have to offer because Jermichael Hasty, I would probably say based off experience, he's probably second right now with Jeff Wilson up because it, the rest of them, Greg Galman is new to the team. Obviously, he's experienced, but he's new to the team. Mitchell Sermon, both rookies. So in this type of scenario, I'd say Jermichael Hasty, this is more, this should give him a little more ammunition to be like, this is an important camp and preseason for me to try and get the running back to position because he could, if he balls out, he could most definitely get that. But I'm, I'm with you. I'm really excited to see Trey Sermon. I, Cause there's been a lot of hype, a lot of talk about him. Like you mentioned, um, taking him in the third round, I think is a big deal. I was looking at some of his stats because when we drafted him, I didn't really know a ton about him. He hasn't rushed for over a thousand yards, you know, once in his four years in college, three years at Oklahoma, one year at Ohio state, but like you mentioned, he's very dynamic in the pass game and in the run game, which is something Shanahan loves. And I think that's a really important element in this offense. But that's going to be something that I'm intrigued about is, can Bobby Turner and Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel help unleash Trey Sermon to maybe, maybe not this year, but maybe next year, eclipse that 1,000-yard mark? Because it's it's been evident. Anybody who comes and plays in this system makes a name for themselves. Raheem Mostert was a nobody for seven, eight years, comes into this system, and all of a sudden, he's the number one running back on the depth chart. So I want to see. And then Wayne Gallman's another guy who had a big year in New York. But in this offense, who knows what Wayne Gallman can do? And honestly, I'm actually going to go against what you said about him playing in the preseason. I got a weird feeling he might get a little more reps just because I feel like Shanahan and McDaniel might want to see and take a better look at saying, all right, I want to see what we look like with him and how he go and how he performs against some of these other rookies. I think the running back position is going to be a really, really fascinating position to watch over the next uh, month or so. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, as you were talking about with Trey Sermon in the passing game and the run game, uh, Shanahan loves running those screens. He loves running those wide receivers and running back screens. So you can see Sermon getting a lot of those screens uh, out of the running back position. And again, as I said, he's an outside guy. So getting him that screen on the outside, he uses his shiftiness and his burst of speed to get a couple yards. Our offensive line, 
it's a thing of beauty. They always fight to get that, those extra little yards. And in Shanahan's offense, you need to get those extra little yards out of the backfield. So, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to see uh, the running backs. I think Wayne Gallman, as you did say, I think he could get a, a bit of a look be, only because he uh, doesn't really know the system. And because of that, they may want to see what he can bring. And with that experience, they may lean on him at the first half of the season. Uh, you know, rookies don't always get the greatest share at the start, even though they were picked as high as Sermon was in the third round. So uh, I'm excited to see the running back position and what they can bring. Yeah, uh, agreed. And I'm trying to I'm trying to look at this here and just try to think I'm saying, man, which one do I think is going to get cut? But this is really tough. And I think Elijah Mitchell might be the one that I would assume might get cut. But that's assuming because I don't know anything about him. The guy could have an amazing preseason game, a breakout one, and then he could end up getting on the roster. So I think we'll start to evaluate that and see once we get into the preseason games. And then I think we can start making some predictions on who we think is going to get cut and all that stuff. But we can go from week to week there. Moving on to the wide receivers. This is, this is a big year. For the wide receivers, because Debo had his big um, coming out party in 2019, wanted to follow that up in 2020. Obviously, I had the foot injury and then really just from that foot injury in the offseason, he really just could never recover. But you saw glimpses. Debo Samuel had two or three games last year where he was wow. like really the whole offense ran through him in those two, three games and the Niners won all three of them. So now we're going to get to see a much better, healthier Debo Samuel. But then the thing is, we never got to see him and Brandon Ayuk across each other for real, right? I think they lined up together maybe twice all year, but it just didn't feel right because Ayuk was kind of, you know, in and out. Debo was never really truly himself. And you can say the same thing for Mohamed Sanu. The same thing for Jawan Jennings, who didn't play at all last year. And the same thing for Jalen Hurd, who hasn't played at all the past two years. So this is a receiver group where I look at it and saying, this is a big year for everyone. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is a huge year for everyone. Uh, you know, Devo, I, I read something recently that in the offseason, he's trying to get more flexible, doing a lot of hot yoga and yep. stuff like that to get his body you know, more prepared for the season. That way he doesn't have those lingering ish injuries like he did last year. But, oh, I'm so excited to see Debo and Ayuk work together. You know, Ayuk, when we picked him last year, the comp that everyone was saying on draft day was, oh, Ayuk is Debo Samuel 2.0. So having Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel 2.0 across from each other with George Kittle in the middle, oh, those – I can't wait for that offense. But yeah, Ayuk, I've watched a couple of videos on him in training camp, and he's just catching everything. The ball just comes to him, and he he jumps. He, he jumps higher than all the defenders. He always grabs the ball. I, I'm just excited to see what they can do across from each other. And of course, the biggest question going into camp is wide receiver three. You know, no one on our death list I would particularly love to be our wide receiver three but I'd love to see the battles in training camp. Like you said, with the other starters, I think uh, Debo, especially coming off the injury, isn't going to get many reps uh, in the preseason. Uh, he may get like a first quarter here and there and stuff like that. I think Ayuk may get a bit more because he's a sophomore and they still want to check him out. But, you know, I, I, I think like Debo, I, they're both going to get a bit of rest because the real battle is your wide receiver three. And you want to see who out of, Sanu, Hurd, Richie James, uh, River Craycraft, even even Travis Benjamin, uh, Trent Sherfield. You want to see who out of that can make the wide receiver three position shine because everyone knows that the ball is going to go to Samuel and Ayuk right now. But if you get someone popping off in preseason and you get them feeling the offense and feeling the system, and if it happens to be Jalen Hurd, who everyone's been talking about for the last two years, then that offense is scary because you have three legit weapons to go to. And, you know, it makes the defense think a bit more, oh, maybe I have to, you know, go on to a Jalen Hurd and leave. Ayuk open or leave Samuel open or you have to cover both of them and Jalen Hurd's open and you have that dependable third option. Of course, 
Kittle is that first option in general because George Kittle's a beast. But yeah, that that third wide receiver is the biggest question. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of a luck that Ayuk and Debo, you know, are wide receivers one and two, but it's after that. And even last year, it was kind of the same thing. Debo and Ayuk were wide receivers one and two. And then obviously George Kittle being your top threat as well. But outside of that, who else do you have? The Niners had Kendrick Bourne. They no longer have Kendrick Bourne. But then it kind of went Debo, Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, and anything after that was kind of just unknown. The Niners didn't really have anyone, right? They drafted Juwan Jennings. He got hurt. They drafted Jalen Hurd. He got hurt. And then they had Trent Taylor. I don't know what the hell happened to him. He got hurt in 19, comes back last year, literally did absolutely nothing. Travis Benjamin comes in. He did nothing and got hurt. So this is really important to kind of see who steps up here and we don't really know what to expect out of guys like Jawan Jennings and Jalen Hurd, guys who are coming off of injuries. But I am really excited to see one guy on here who's been with the Niners and he's been healthy and to see if he can maybe snatch that wide receiver three. And that's Richie James. He's a guy who's been here for a long time. He's been our kick returner. He's been really important on special teams. But he hasn't ever, or he hasn't really ever been given the opportunity to get a lot of reps of wide receiver. And then last year on under unfortunate circumstances, when pretty much our entire starting 11 was on the COVID list for that Packers game, Richie James got his opportunity and he went for, what was it like 180 yards. So I think he's a guy to kind of keep an eye out for in these preseason games. Yeah, I'd agree with you. You know, Richie James, he was on that special teams for a while, and he's the one person here who really knows that Shanahan offense, maybe beside from Muhammad Sanu. So I think he could get that huge opportunity. I don't know how projectable his game is as a wide receiver three, but it's honestly wide open right now. Uh, you know, as you were saying, Muhammad Sanu looks ripped. And, and he knows the offense so well after being with Shanahan in Atlanta and coming here for that half season, I think 2019. And, you know, I, I think he could fight for that position, but he, he's on the older side. I, I'm personally, I got my hat in for Jalen Hurd. I've been on that boat of, I want to see what he can do for the last two years. They, they say he's a swift Swiss army knife uh, when they drafted him. And, you know, I've been waiting for Jalen Hurd. So hopefully he is healthy enough to take over that wide receiver three position. And he can show the versatility that everyone was talking about when we drafted him. I agree. I mean, I hope nothing but nothing but the best for Jalen Hurd. Um, I, I mean, that's the thing is you just, you don't know what to expect when a guy's been out for two years. And it was kind of similar to what we had last year with Jarek McKinnon being out for two years and we didn't really know what to expect. And he was kind of eh, like he wasn't great, had his moments, but you know, I'd say he was better as a receiver than he was at a running back, but he never really popped off. That's the only thing that I worry about with Jalen Hurd. But if he can get his body back in, a, in the right place, get his feet back and be able to kind of pick up where he left off, that would be incredible for this team. Um, but like you mentioned, I think Mohamed Sanu, I was excited about getting him last year. Obviously, he just was not in a great place, as was literally everyone else. So that's, you know, it's it's understandable. But being able to get a veteran like Sanu in this building, in the shape that he is, who understands Shannon's system, can go a long way, not just with the leadership, but on the field too. Because having him, Richie, James, Jalen Hurd, we could have a lot of depth at this receiver position, which we haven't had in a really long time. And I think that's something to look out for too. So running back receiver really, I think are two fascinating things to look out for in the preseason. Um, I, I don't think we need to spend a whole ton of time at tight end. I think, you know, we already know a ton <laughs> about, you know, we know George and, and Dwelly, Charlie Warner as well. And then, you know, McCall Pruitt, I don't know a ton about him, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep three tight ends and then keep one on the practice squad. Honestly, I think all four of these guys are going to be on the team, whether it's on practice squad or the actual team, though. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, we'll probably have three court, uh, tight ends on the roster. 
come opening day, you know, Kittle's obviously the number one guy. Kittle's Kittle. Everyone knows about him. Dwelly is that great uh, blocking tight end. And, you know, Charlie Warner, he was uh, that six-round pick last year that uh, Shanahan was raving about. They're like, Charlie Warner's that guy. He He's not Kittle, obviously, but he can block, he can pass. And after uh, being with the team for a whole year last year, he's starting to pick things up. And I think we could see a bit more of him. And uh, I'm pretty sure Dwelly was back on a one-year deal. So they may try and transition Warner into that Dwelly kind of role. That way they can move on from Dwelly at the end of the offseason, as much as I love Dwelly. And Nicole Pruitt, I've heard about him a bit with Tennessee, and uh, I think he could be a solid fourth option on the practice squad if he stays there. And I, I think he's. I think the depth at tight end is just, it's perfect. It's exactly what you want. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I, yeah, I think you called that either last year, late in the season, or even earlier this offseason, you called that, that Warner will probably end up taking over Dwelly's position, considering we only brought back Dwelly on a one-year deal. But I think Ross Dwelly is one of the more underrated Niners on this roster. And we'll talk about, we'll get to who I think has been the most underrated Niner on this team in, in just a second. But Ross Dwelly, I mean, he's he's been a big time part of this team considering George's injury, um, you know, bad injury luck as well. And I'm knock on wood that he plays a lot of football games this year because boy, this hell do we need him? Um, and you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But I think Ross Dwelly is a really important part to this team, exactly as you mentioned for blocking, um, in the run game. You know, in case anything happens to Juice, Dwelly has done a great job filling in as fullback as well. So I think being able to retain him on a one-year deal was a pretty important decision. Um, on the offensive side, there were a lot of one-year deals that we'll get to next week on the defensive side that were important. But I think on the offensive side, there weren't a ton of them. But I'd say Ross Dwelly was one of the more important ones that the Niners re-signed. Moving on to the offensive line, and obviously there is one position that I don't even think, again, we need to talk about. But it would just be criminal if we didn't give Kyle Juszczyk love at all fullback <laughs> juice i think we know what we can do with him we locked him up what was a four or five year deal that we that we signed him to? yeah something like that i think it was a five yeah. year deal juice juice is the greatest I, I love juice i every time i watch him every time he does something it's just oh uh, he, he's so important to this offense he you know people who don't watch the niners don't understand how important a fullback is especially Kyle Usechek is to this offense he's probably uh the guy that he is our lead back you know wherever you see Kyle Usechek go to block you know that the running backs following him right behind there he leads the path for every running back and Kyle Usechek is just so important we may have spent, you know, a bit too much on a fullback position, but you need that in Shanahan's offense, and there's no one better than Juice. No doubt. And it's funny that you mentioned that too, because I don't even care if we overpaid him because Juice is that important. And other people say, oh, wow, you paid a fullback. But fullback is kind of just the name on the depth chart. Kyle Juszczyk blocks for you. You can give him the ball at running back. He can be a receiver. He can be a tight end. He can do whatever you want. In fact, on some nights, he could be the emergency quarterback if you needed him to. Kyle Juszczyk does it all, and he is really important. And like I just talked about how important Ross Dwelly is, Ross Dwelly is a backup of Juice. This offense has, you know, it, Kyle Shannon always finds a way, and we've seen it over the four years that guys have been in and out all the time, and some days have been worse than others. Kyle Shannon always finds a way to, to, to be able to move the chains but we see the difference that this offense does when you have the the right guys in there. And I'm talking about three guys here. Trent Williams, George Kittle, and Kyle Juszczyk. When those three guys are in this lineup, game over in the run game. It's not even close. Yeah. This offense is hitting on all cylinders. You got the best tackle in all of football, the best fullback in all of football, and the best tight end in all of football helping this team and this offense with one of the best offensive minds in the game in Kyle Shanahan. This offense goes, and it was so important to lock up George Kittle last offseason, juice this offseason, and then Trent Williams. And I guess that is a good transition into the offensive line. And I guess starting with Trent Williams, who we also locked up to, I believe it was also a four or five-year deal that we locked him up to and the rest of the O-line as the way it looks. 
Lakin Tomlinson, Alex Mack, Brunskill or Aaron Banks, and then Mike McGlinchey. Now, I'd say out of our entire offense, the offensive line is the most important and the biggest thing going into this season because the Niners have also not had a lot of offensive line luck in Kyle Shanahan's tenure. Yeah, I think the offensive line is the biggest key to Kyle Shanahan's offense and the biggest question mark in uh, the Niners' offense. You know, Trent Williams is a dog. The man lines up at left tackle, and you know you're set there. That's why we made him the highest-paid tackle in the league. He he is the cornerstone to this offense. And, you know, I, I really think that if Trent Williams stays healthy, our offensive line's fine. But, you know, you look at our offensive line, as you said, our left tackle, our left guard, our center, and our right tackle are pretty much locked. There is one big position battle, and it's right guard. And I think that really is between Brunskill and Banks. And, you know, that's the big thing to look for in a training camp to see who's going to really emerge as that right guard. And, you know, I've been on Banks ever since we drafted him. I think you can listen to old episodes, and I've said Banks is the guy at right guard. He's that big guy. He works in the run game. He does have some holes in the passing game. But I think, you know, training camp and the summer, that was all for him to work with our offensive line, work with uh, Kyle Shanahan and really learn the offense, learn the positioning that we want him in. And he has that raw strength and tools that you really want in a right guard. And and he's a big guy. That's going to be important for those games where, you know, you're against Aaron Donald and the Rams. You know, we we've we've been good. Uh, containing Donald, but it's you can't contain Donald. He, he's the best player in all of football. And Aaron Banks is just that big guy who could help you contain Donald. And if you can lock up that right guard side with Banks or Brunskill, then you're set. That offensive line, it, it moves in a motion and it gets you those first downs that you need. We should just We should just go into this season like baseball style. So when we play the Rams twice a year, we should start Brunskill instead of Banks after the masterpiece that Daniel Brunskill put on against the Rams last season just to just completely mess with the Rams' offense and McVay be like, what the hell? Why did they have another right guard? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just playing. But no, in all seriousness, Brunskill, what he, and I think it was who's playing center, I think it was Ben Garland playing center against yep. the Rams last year in that first game. Sensational. Masterpiece with those two, how they played against Aaron Donald in that game. But, you know, yeah, no, you were high on Aaron Banks when we when we drafted him. And again, that's another guy I didn't know too much about him. Uh, Watched some highlights on him. And I thought this guy is just a friggin tank. I'm like, this guy would be awesome when you got a Trent Williams, who's just a beast on the left side. You get Aaron Banks on the right side. That's the guy who I want to watch really this entire offensive line. I know everything about everyone else. Aaron Banks is the one guy I think I'm a little interested in Jalen Moore as well. But Aaron Banks, really intrigued to see how well he plays at right guard, how he holds up. Um, you know, I've, I've same thing for Trey Sermon and Trey Lance in preseason. I'd set in the bar low. It's the first preseason game, second preseason game, right? You know, not expecting a ton. But I do want to see how he holds up in the preseason. And then we'll end up seeing how he does because we know everything about everyone else. Even Alex Mack, who's new to the team, I know we know everything about him. He's one of the best centers in all of football when he's healthy. So there's nothing we really need to know about him and really the rest of the offensive line. So I'm with you. Right guard is very, very important. Even if Aaron Banks doesn't win it and it's Brunskill that starts, I have no issues with that because that's, I feel like that's Brunskill's true position is right guard. Last year, he had to play tackle, guard, center, everything. We just We asked way too much out of Daniel Brunskill, and yet he did his very best at everything that we asked him to, which is sensational. Like, honestly, we should have given him a lot more than a one-year tender or whatever the hell we gave him because <laughs> he deserves it. Like, he has literally done way more than what he's paid for, which is to play guard or tackle. And he played all three last year. So I am intrigued to see that. Yeah, I agree. I I think the biggest question on the offensive line, other than right guard, would be can Mike McGlinchey bounce back? You know, last year at right right tackle, 
he he had a rough year. And, and I think a bit of it could have been the uncertainty at right guard and the injuries and everything. But, you know, McGlinchey's a former first-round pick. He, he needs to do better than he did last year. And if McGlinchey's as solid as Trent Williams or even half as solid as Trent Williams is at right tackle – our offense is going to be dynamite. You give Garoppolo that extra time in the pocket. Uh, you give the running backs that extra yard, and it comes a long way in the end. Yeah, no, definitely. That That is a big one. And not preseason, but I'd say September, when the regular season starts, I think that's something to watch is Mike McGlinchey. Um, that was a big story last year with him struggling. But again, that's one of those things where I'm not going to put a ton of emphasis on that because – it was just a crap year for everybody. So are we really going to penalize Mike McGlinchey for, you know, with all the stuff that we've been through? I just, I know a lot of people have been on him and I get that he did struggle, no question. But again, it's like last year was kind of an, an anomaly from any other year with everything that happened and transpired. But that's a big one. I I'm, I'm like that you pointed that one out because that's something that I think we'll look forward to during the season to watch how McGlinchey bounces back. This is a big year. It's year four for him, so this is a big one. But again, there's one guy in this offensive line that we haven't talked about yet that I said is the most underrated 49er on this entire team offensive <laughs> defense, Lakin Tomlinson. Yep. Nobody ever talks about Lakin Tomlinson. Everything's always about Trent Williams and Joe Staley, Mike McGlinchey. Nobody ever talks about Lakin Tomlinson. He has been here since year one, Day one of the Kyle Shanahan era has played every single snap, knock on wood that that continues, and has played at an excellent level, very high level. I'm not going to say elite. I wouldn't quite say he's elite, but he is certainly just below that. He has performed very good, clutch for this team, and he has done something pretty much nobody has been able to do. Stay healthy. And Lakin Tomlinson has done it all. And the last thing here, too, is he is going into a contract year. I would be very surprised if I, I have a feeling John Lynch might maybe resign to a one year deal after this year. But man, if there's anybody who needs his bag, it's Lakin Tomlinson. Yeah, I think the biggest compliment you can give to an offensive lineman, especially a guard, is to not talk about them because that means they're doing their job. You only notice an offensive lineman if he's either making a monstrous play or if he's letting up a sack. You yep. know, and Lakin Tomlinson, you never hear his name because he's just doing his job and doing his business. He is that underrated guy on that offensive line. And he's been, you know, a big statue, st statue in that line being at left guard and, you know, holding the fort down even with all the injuries. He's been a constant there. Uh, and, you know, going into preseason – we're not going to see, as you said, an Alex Mack probably the full-time, a Trent Williams the full-time, maybe even a McGlinchey and a Tomlinson. Uh, some guys I think that are going to get a big look, uh, Brunskill obviously and Banks at right guard and probably you know maybe some tackle positions. Jalen Moore, as you talked about a bit, I think he has a lot of raw skills to be an offensive lineman. I don't think he's going to be a big factor in our offensive line this year. Uh, and maybe not even next year, but I, I think I'm excited to see what he can do in a uh, preseason. Uh, Tom Compton, who we brought in from the Jets, I, you know, I don't, he, he's just a depth option. I think mm -hmm. we can see him in a uh, preseason. Sean Coleman as well. Uh, we, we, we got guys to watch. And, and of course, Colton McKivitt, who we drafted in the fifth round last year, you know, the, another position that uh, is big that needs to be filled uh, is the swing tackle. And, you know, it could be McKivitz. McKivitz, uh, you know, learned the offense last year. And, and the thing about the Niners offensive line is they have a lot of jobs to do. And their playbook's probably as big as the running play and the passing game just because of how Shanahan utilizes his offensive line and how he utilizes those different run plays and those pass plays and uh, the different protections here and there. So uh, I think that's a big position to look for. And, you know, I think Colton McKivitz is going to put his hat in the ring for that. Yeah, no, you brought in two names that, again, I, I kind of forgot about Sean Coleman. I'll get to him in a second. But 
As for Tom Compton's a name that you brought up, I didn't really see a lot out of him last year. I expected more considering he's a veteran, but I didn't think he performed all that well. So we'll see how that goes. But I think when you mentioned swing, swing tackle, right, and I think we can both agree that if Aaron Banks wins the guard position, Brunskill automatically is yeah. our top backup for any position, right? He's at the top of the food chain for whoever goes down. Brunskill gets inserted to whoever is there because he's played literally everywhere except, I think, left guard's really the only actor. <laughs> like I said, Tomlinson hasn't missed the game. Yep. So, yes, so exactly. So he's played all the positions, so he'd be. But let's just say, hypothetically, Brunskill wins guard. Banks is now the backup guard. I don't know how much tackle Aaron Banks has played. I think he might have played a little bit in Notre Dame, but not a ton. That's where I'm really intrigued to see Sean Coleman. And I like that. That's the name. I knew I was forgetting somebody. He has missed the last two years, right? He went down in the first preseason game of 2019, missed the entire year. I think he like broke his knee. And then last year, or broke his leg. And then this past year, he missed out because of COVID. Then obviously there's Colton McKivitz, who has played a lot of guard, not a lot of tackle, could see some time at tackle. Not sure what Shanahan's plan is there. But those are two names to look out for in case Brunskill does win the guard position to step up and be the tackle. I'm really interested to see those two names heading into camp. But, man, there's a there's a lot to look forward to. I think the one thing that I'll say in our final thoughts here is it's the same thing every offseason with this team. And this is the one thing that bugs me. It's a, it's a really big pro and a really big con at the same time with John Lynch and this roster that he's assembled is so 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 good <laughs> if they're healthy every yep. freaking year it's the same thing it's the same and you just never know exactly it's the same thing it's if they're healthy so we can sit here until we're blue in the face talking about how amazing this team is but and now with a 17th game who the hell knows? Guys are going to be in and out every week. You know, nothing's for certain. But to just avoid anything major is the big thing. But again, like I mentioned, when you look at this team, again, if they're healthy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, like we talked about earlier, if we can give him a small package, that the different dimension to this offense that he could bring to the table, Raheem Mostert, Speed, Sermon, Galman, Debo, Ayuk, Sanu, Hurd, Kittle, Dwelly, Juice, Trent Williams, Alex Mack, McGlinty, the list goes on. This offense is ridiculously stacked, and they're going to be really hard to beat if they're all on the field at the same time. Yeah, I agree. And quick note about health before we uh, finish up here. I believe the Niners are one of the only 10 teams in the NFL that is 90% vaccinated. Correct. Uh, and, and that is huge for us. Big deal. Big deal. Big deal. As the commissioner announced that if a game is canceled by COVID-19, then the team that caused the outbreak is will forfeit the game. That's a huge deal. You don't want to take any losses in the NFL that you that you aren't given because of the short schedule, you know, 17 games rather than 16 this year. But, oh, I, I'm just so happy to hear that we're one of those 90% vaccinated teams because I don't want to lose a game because of a stupid guy isn't vaccinated. Oh, my God, absolutely. I mean, I'm so over the whole COVID thing. I mean, when I saw that, I guess, it, you know, it's a good thing you mentioned that because I guess the, the, the one thing I do want to note, too, is Emmanuel Mosley was put on the COVID list along with Jaquaski Tart, and I think Jawan Jennings was the other one, if I'm not mistaken, put on the COVID list as well. So those three guys are there. Who knows, right? Could have could have got it, contact, whatever. They're on the COVID list. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so over that. I honestly forgot that even existed until I got the notification the other day that Mosley was put on it. Um, but, you know, I don't want to get into the whole vaccine thing because I'm just tired of it. But man, you made a really, really, really great point that to have this team 90% vaccinated is a big deal because some of these other teams, there are some players and some athletes who like, you know, like Cole Beasley, for example, that's cool. Like, that's your choice, right? Everyone has their own choice of what they want to do, right? It's totally up to them. That's cool. Yeah. But now you're in this dilemma of, shoot, I'm a part of this team, and it could affect how we're, you know, how our team goes. Like, I could, I could, 
I could lose a game by myself without even playing. Like it's a mm-hmm. big deal. And what it and by the Niners being one of those teams that are ninety percent back, I think Shanahan recently said I think there's only three players that aren't. You know what that shows to me? Is it's a testament to what John Lynch, Kyle Shannon have built in the last four or five years with this organization. Yep. This is a team that says we got to do this together for each other, teammates, organization, our families. You know, we got to do it for them. And I love that. Raheem Mostert, I think, recently came out and said, you know, why I got both vaccines was so I can live with my family again. Raheem Mostert was very vocal last year about how difficult it was being away from his two young sons and his family, and rightfully so. And the only reason why he was, he actually wanted to opt out to be with his family, but he chose to play with the team because he's like, I got to get my bag to help support them. That's what, what Raheem Mostert's all about. And that's kind of what this whole 49ers team's about, what this whole roster is about. So I love that you pointed that out. It's a big deal to have that many players uh, vaccinated. And God forbid that we have to be in a, in a position like that. It obviously if we're on the track, it doesn't seem like we will be in a position, but a team that we face could be in a, in a position like that. I mean, who knows? It's a, it's a really interesting, awkward situation, and it'll be interesting because I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about it. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you there. And, uh, you know, I actually forgot about Jawan Jennings because he was on that COVID list, but he's another guy that we could uh, quickly talk about <laughs> for that wide receiver three position. You know, he was with the team last year, and he, he could fight because that position is so wide open. But, yeah, uh, talking about health, we got to stay healthy. And if we stay healthy, we're competing with the rest of the teams. And if we're not healthy, well, same results as last year. No question. No question. Lots to look forward to. Only a week or two weeks left till the Niners' first preseason game against the Chiefs. Next week, we'll preview the defense and obviously any other headlines that come out from now till then. But that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49er Way podcast. Jay Sahota, Zach Chevy. Zach, any final thoughts? Uh, nah, you, you covered them all, man. See you next week. Yep, sounds like a plan to me. So we'll see you all next week. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep it locked. We got a lot more content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.